What's good, everyone? Welcome to The Empowerment Project. This is a platform dedicated to impact at the intersection of Christ, community, and creation. And I'm your host, Toby Oladejo. This is episode five and huge milestone here, guys. This is actually going to be the first guest that I have on the podcast. So I'm really, really excited for you guys to tap in um, and get an understanding of, you know, these amazing individuals, two co-founders, John Veal and Jordan Campbell, who run an organization by the name of Altspace Chicago. Um, These brothers reside on the west side of Chicago in the Austin neighborhood and are both artists as well as agents of change from a community development standpoint. So this conversation is really interesting and really dope because we see eye to eye on a lot (laughs) and and our experiences, while different, point to a lot of the same things that um, I talk about on my podcast along the realms of faith as well as um, the arts and community development. So really excited for you guys to tap in and and share your thoughts as always. Continue to share, continue to you know provide feedback and, and ratings. It's been amazing just to hear the feedback that you guys have had so far and I just want to continue to make great content for you guys. So as we begin to, to tap into more guests and, and have different perspectives brought into the fold, I'm really looking forward to um, how it blesses you guys, how it helps you learn and grow, because it certainly has done so for me. So with that being said, enjoy episode five with Altspace Chicago. All right. Peace. So welcome, everyone, to the Empowerment Project. Once again, I'm super glad and excited that you guys are here for episode five. This is my first episode with guests. I'm here with Altspace Chicago. I'm here with Jordan Campbell. Yes, sir. And I'm here with John Veal. (laughs) (laughs) Like the weakest I've ever done. I'm here with two amazing and, and super creative individuals um, out of the west side of Chicago in Austin. Um, Jordan here is a, a documentary photographer, um, educator. He's a forever educator, but was actually an educator um, in, in a, was it high school? Yeah, Austin. Out here in Austin. Yeah. Um, and he focuses work at that intersection of uh, political advocacy, um, as well as economic advocacy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, this brother is, is super intellectual and, and, and intentional in the way he makes his art and um, prides himself in the way he documents marginalized communities as a photographer, as a filmmaker. Um, John Veal is the co-founder of Altspace Chicago and transdisciplinary renaissance man. The guy goes across the spectrum when it comes to his creativity, whether it's writing, painting, drawing, Etc. performance even. He's got a couple exhibitions here in the city um, and uses his voice and his agency as a tool for discourse as well. So really excited 
to have you both here thank this you. evening. Man, thanks for It's been a long time coming, but yeah, hey, great yeah, introduction, yeah. bro. You can you can do my introduction anytime. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I wanted to make sure I got it right, you know. Yeah, this is like, our first podcast in our space, yep. you know. So um, this is a first all around. Yeah. Word. Hey, we here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's dope. I actually like this three mic setup. You know, I'm like, man, we might have to like do this on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's it's been amazing just to get to a point now where I can share the narratives of other folks. Yeah. You know, and, and not just even see it as like, oh, questions, questions. It's, it's a conversation. Definitely. Yeah. And honestly, that's, you know, that's a great start because that's what it is for us as well. Mm. As artists, is like, how do we create and be that platform, you know, for others to share their narrative? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so right. we share that, bro. Yeah, man. And, and you know, one of the things, the Empowerment Project, as, as I tell my my audience often is it's at the inter- it's impact right at the intersection of Christ community and creation yeah mm-hmm. and and one of the things that as I began this process I began to understand was it's an extension of who I am mm-hmm. you know what I mean and I can see with the way you guys operate this is very much an extension of your identity you yeah. know so if you could like speak to the significance of that within your practice and what you guys are trying to do? Man, I, I would go to say like, first thing is simply listening. You know, I think our practice, I know my practice even as a professional photographer, um, artist, married man, son, you name it. Right. right. It, it has to start with listening. And of course we all know like listening can be done in, in different ways. Um, you know, we have all the five senses in which we can apply um, in terms of listening. And I think the biggest part for me is about proximity. Mm. You know, it's about actually being immersed within whatever the, the culture is, whatever it is in terms of the relationships um, to understand, like, in order for you to grasp understanding, uh, to put your place in that space to receive Mm. You know, and so I know the practice for all space is started for me in that same vein. Like as a photographer, how can I learn more about Chicago, mm. but at the same time present my perspective, what it is that I'm experiencing, but also seeing and witnessing, you know, because in Savannah, when I was down there, I'm hearing this narrative about Chicago, but believing, you know, believing it. Yeah. You know, and, and being affected by it, but also knowing people who've actually been affected by those very things in which have been covered. Yeah. But saying to myself, that's not that's not all it is, though. Right. You know, there's right. much more. It's not just a monolith in terms of this city. It's much more to this city. There, there's, there's nuances to these issues in which people are faced mm. with. But also there's causes. Like, what caused these things and what are the... Re- the, the residual effects of other things that are in place that are bringing us to the situations we're hearing about. And so for me, it was just coming to the realization that I wanted to take part in that. I yeah. wanted to figure out how I can use my gifts, my crafts, my faith to to speak and address that. Yeah. Mm. There were people early on who told me I couldn't both be a disciple and an artist, Mm. right? And that's just because of the example that was laid down before them, you know, them being young and seeing every one of the disciples who were artists before them kind of not last long, 
living the life of Christ, right? Right. And so I think that for me, it was like, okay, I have to be an example and show that not only is it possible, but you can thrive and do it, right? You know, you can't, it, it's just like any other occupation or job. Yeah. But I also think that, you know, what I've been trying to do for the past 10 years is like, these are just different iterations of the same thing, you know? Um, and what we're doing right now is we're trying to uh, switch up the system of the 501c3. Okay. So this system was not built for us, for people that look like us. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, people yeah. broke, Speak you know what I'm saying? Black, <laughs> you know, like it, it, it was really made for um, people to preserve their legacies through their wealth. Yeah. Um, throughout the John their family. Rockefellers. The, yeah. yeah. The, the Carnegie's. And, and, and I think that what we're trying to do is like, okay, cool. Like I've tried it as an artist, you know, like just trying to. I would spend nine months on like a painting or, you know, even like maybe, maybe nine hours, mm -hmm. you know, on, on, a, on a piece of work. And there's a lot of intention behind it. You know, there's a lot of studies and people would stand in front of it for about seven seconds. Right. Which mm -hmm. is fine. That's, yeah. that's why you, that's why you have the performance part. You know, that's why you have the writings. That's why you have this immersive experience because, you know, art is in itself spiritual. Yeah. You know, it, it taps into the spiritual nature of all of us. And so just trying to be rooted in that as much as possible, but you still realize as much as we might have a spiritual experience on a Sunday, it don't mean that people change on Monday, mm -hmm. right? You know what I'm yeah. saying? And so it's like, we need a vehicle for that change to happen, Yeah. you know, because we don't want to just talk about it. We want to be about it as yeah. well. And so there's a lot of consistent people, right? Like, um, Jordan is the first guy, you know, we'll be, we'll be driving down the block, you know, going to a party, probably late, you know, and then he sees someone whose car is stopped. And so he'll be like, without a word, you know, he just goes and helps, right? It's, it's that same mentality, but applying it to a 501c3 structure. And I think that's what people are like, wowed by. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That they're yeah. seeing like a actual business structure be predicated on service. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's huge because I, I mean, you know, as you both know, the, the last episode on the Savior Complex speaks to this idea of intention, you know, and Jordan, earlier you mentioned proximity, you know, and, and when you see the potential in the community and you're both of you, well, both of you haven't been here long enough to be like, man, this can be so much greater, right? Let's take the example of Jesus, you know, and how as a person, he could have done so much. My man could have been floating everywhere he went. He could have been <laughs> a businessman or he could have been a, a lecturer or whatever it was. But he, he stuck to a mission, yeah. you know, and, and he, he stuck to that mission all the way up until his death. Yeah. Right. In that same breath. As he's looking to the left and right, I'm sure people are like, hey, come do this, come do this. He knew the ways in which he could kind of navigate those moments, but he still stayed the course. Mm -hmm. As individuals who are working to be present in this idea of service that you just mentioned, John, what does that importance look like in regards to being mindful, you know, of your purpose and still tapping into the potential that you see in your community at the same time? Sure. Well, you're always going to have distractions, right? I mean, like, Jesus was led into the desert, 
And he had all these different you temptations. Stole mine. I'm saying that on record. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew 4. Yeah, right man. there. He was led. He was led into this desert and he had all these different distractions. You know what I mean? Like, if, if you're the son of God, why don't you turn this rock into bread? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're the son of God, I'll give you this, all this land right here. This can be yours if you worship me and acknowledge me. And he had to stay connected to the word. You know, Jesus was quoting the word. Jesus was quoting the heart. He was, he, he was going to his father for help, for guidance. And I think for me and Jordan, that's what it is, man. Like, we go to our father for guidance, first and foremost. It's Dope. like, as yeah. I was telling you before we turned the mics on, man, like, we, we fast every month, um, specifically just about alt space. Like, it's right. really, really important that our company is, we're, we're not the leaders of it. Yeah. We're, we're just guiding it. We're mm. stewards. And yeah. I think that any, anybody who owns a company, uh, once it becomes a governmental entity, it kind of has a life of its own, right? right? right. Um, like we were reached out to this morning from a, a woman in Florida who was telling me the situation that's going on in her community and she wants to start an alt space market. And so it's like, okay, how can we help? Right. You know, wow. and so that's new news to me, everybody. <laughs> what? So for, for those who don't know, I'd be, I'd be checking the social media. Jordan, 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 don't don't be on social media at all. You know, yeah. so if you if you're talking to our Instagram, you're talking to me. Um, <laughs> I've tried. I've been yeah. It's been like at this point. At first, it was like, hey, John and Jordan. Then it was like, hey, John. Right, 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 right. Yeah, man. I mean, that's just what it is. But I mean, I I mean, I get distracted a lot, mm-hmm. and I think that's where I have my brother. You know, I have my brother to be there for me and help me. And then I also think that the stakes are really, really high. Um, there was a morning, we were working in Lawndale, helping another organization. Okay. Uh, this, this is like a month ago. And uh, Jordan was working day and night to get this project done, right? And so I'm focused on our staff meeting. So we're gonna have the staff meeting, it's gonna be really great. We got a yoga person coming in and she's gonna help us and it's gonna help us our backs because, you know, we're always carrying this wood. Jordan is on site working. And that morning, um, a gentleman had overdosed. Wow. You know, and he was right outside of this school in Lawndale. And so Jordan moved him out of the way, first and foremost, so the kids didn't see what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but this gentleman actually ended up dying. You know, he, he died in Jordan's arms. Wow. Know? And so this is a month ago. Um, there's stakes to not shining your light in the darkness. There's stakes wow, wow. to not being there for people. There's yeah. stakes to, you know what I mean? Like if we do not create space, hmm. things happen. Yeah. Right. Wow. Right? You know what I'm saying? And, and and and, and I, I, I don't say this to be like jarring. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to paint a, a realistic picture. This yeah. is what it is. Yeah. Um, that these there's five thousand abandoned spaces in Austin. Five thousand. Yeah. There's an energy to that abandonment. What happens when you're a kid and you're walking to school or you're walking, you know, to, to go get, I don't know, some shoes, but every other building is abandoned. Right. Wow. And yeah. everybody who's in need is of your color. They look like they you. Look like you. Yeah. What does that do to your spirit? That's why Project Stamp was so important, that instead of saying abandonment, you'd see your neighbors. Yeah. We mean that. You know, like that's really, really important to us, that we breathe life back into these structures using yeah. art as our tool. Because yeah. we believe that that's what Jesus did. Mm. Yeah. And let's speak to that. I, you I know. do want to answer the, like, the part you were saying earlier, the question you asked too is like, how do we bring that back up? How do we bring that or, or share that amongst these communities or, or 
Yeah, I think that was kind of your question. Yeah, right? like seeing seeing potential. Exactly. But like, yeah. also making space for agency. So, so the yeah. word for me was representation. Mm. I think that's a heavy word within our communities. There's a lack of representation in terms of what they can be or who they actually are. And so for myself, you know, and for our, I would say our company, it is all about preserving proper representation within these communities of what they what they are and what they have been and also what they can be. Yeah. You know, showing them like, yo, the history in which you're reading about in these books is it contrasts the actual truth. It's not the truth. You know, we actually were economically sound over here on the west side. People mm. did have jobs right. on the south side, Bronzeville, which yeah. was bringing in circulations of millions and billions of dollars, just like Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah. You know, and so it's like, where is that narrative? Where is that story? And you are the descendants of that. Mm. And so understanding that we, that is in us, right. you know, and even when we talk about Jesus, he understood who he was. So therefore there's a sense of, he represents who we all can now be. You know, we're called to be what? Like Christ, yeah. not be Christ. So there's a representation. And for us as, as, as black males, as artists, we represent something. We're a symbol is what we are. Mm -hmm. And we can now become a symbol in which people can connect with, but also become that secure platform which they can now be represented. They don't have to change themselves. Yeah. That will actually, that will happen. Change is time, inevitable. Right, <laughs> like, right. we're all gonna change, you know? So what we do is we help with that change. We yeah. assist with that. Even with our students that we're working with, we're facilitating, we're cultivating. Here are the materials. You wanna build this? You want your community to change? What are the problems? Okay, cool, great. Right. But, but tell me what's some of the solutions that mm -hmm. you see as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, if that's a solution, what resources do you have around you in proximity to yourself? Or who do you know? Who's your network? What do you have to go get? How do you develop those relationships to get those resources? Yeah. All these things are about representation to me. Mm. I also want to add, like, um, we've been blessed with a vision. You know, not everyone shares that vision. You know, everyone, you know, has a specific vision that has been given to them. But I think our roles as artists, and this has you know everything to do with you as well, Toby, is that we are those who have seen the promised land, mm. right? We've heard about it. We believe that it's out there, right? You know, and so our role right now is like Plato's allegory of a cave, you know. And I've used this analogy a million times before, but it's like a you know a child that gets lost in this dark cave, and his whole family is from this dark cave, and that's all that they know. But he gets lost. And he actually finds a way out of this cave. And he actually sees rocks and sees what they're supposed to look like for the very first time, the mm. color, the nuance. Wow. He sees green grass. The sun hurts his eyes, you know, and he cries because he sees the beauty of what the world really is. Mm -hmm. And he tries to go back into the cave and tell his people, and they don't believe him. Wow. You know, they, they actually, at first they think he's sick, and maybe he hit his head, and there's some concern. But then after some time... There becomes some resentment, maybe even some members who want to kill him, you know, because of this vision that he was blessed with, just like Joseph, right? And so our job is not to just throw people right into the, the, the light. We have to lay breadcrumbs, like our entire lives as artists, you know, every exhibition, every project, every program, these are breadcrumbs yeah. to a brighter land, yeah. you know, because all of us have heard, you know, maybe 
artists like Virgil Abloh, Kanye West, but not everyone has heard of uh, Marina Abramkovich, mm-hmm. Ai Weiwei, you Cecil know, Williams. Cecil Williams, um, you know, Hank Willis Thomas. Mm-hmm. We're leading breadcrumbs to these different ideas, yeah. these different ways of understanding the world from one another. And hopefully in that light, I remember I had one student, um, you know, we, we, we teach kids sometimes. And uh, I remember I asked my class, what can you be as an artist? You know, you get this art degree, what can you be? Right. And there's so many people, you know, maybe a designer, maybe a tattoo artist. Um, but a lot of people didn't know. And that's where I was. Yeah, you know, I went yeah. to a great high school, but I didn't know how to be a contemporary artist when, you know, when, what, what, what do you do? Where What's do you go? Example? You know, What's your the, representation, the atelier yeah. system is broken, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. it's like, let's, let's be that, let's be that new atelier. Let's be the new Bajas. Yeah. 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 And at the same time, it's like creating that roadmap and not turning a blind eye to who you once were. Because there's people who still stand in that same place. Right. And so right. as you are moving along, those breadcrumbs become now stepping stones for other people to now move mm. forward in their own lives. And that, to me, leads to a whole new world that we're going to be exposed <laughs> to. Yeah. Because it's like they're not having to deal with or face some of the things that you now have solved or have addressed. And so essentially, it kind of leads away from what we're doing. And that's, that's the goal. Yeah. We don't want for us to continue to see these same projects or the same work being done. There's, there's other things to be addressed. There's more fun and excitement in the world to be had. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. it's like, why are we continuing to talk about blight or we're continuing to talk about poverty in these different ways? And like some of these things actually we can, we can solve or we can learn how to think about them differently, you know, create different systems that address those issues, right? Right. Not saying we're going to completely eradicate those things, but we can address some of them. Yeah, it's so interesting. You know, you mentioned the the moment where Jordan, you you held this man in your arms, right, and instantly seeing that connection to why it's important to do the work. Mm-hmm. I think that your ability to be self aware in that moment, where I think there are some people would have took that moment and like I'm about to go to Sudan and like make sure this doesn't happen to anyone ever again and it's Mm -hmm. like wait you missed the moment Mm -hmm. where you could have been present in the very backyard that you're working with it you know and I think that's what you guys are doing such an amazing job of is understanding like you said the stakes but at the same time making room for the joy, the opportunity, mm-hmm. the possibility yeah. that a person can have in their own self-discovery, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, and that's one of the beautiful things that I've seen with your projects, the one you mentioned earlier, John, Project Stamp, where this is an opportunity for students, babies, yeah. senior Anybody, citizens, cross-generational, cross-generational Gender, yep. to see themselves in this different light through <laughs> photography. Yeah. Um, and, and, and celebrate their environment through through history, right? And, and show archiving, right? And and I, I was able to, you know, read an article about, you know, the responses from some of those community members and it was just amazing yeah. to hear from people that were my age, but to hear from people who had been in the community thirty plus years yeah, yeah, yeah. say like, I've never seen anything like this. And to your point about all these different artists, right? It's the same way. Like, you can't be who you've never seen, mm-hmm. right? It's gonna require 
a sense of awareness. It's going to require a sense of knowing yourself. Mm -hmm. And us knowing ourselves takes a lot of molding and it yeah. takes a lot of guidance and, and breadcrumbs, right? Yeah. As and you mentioned. And vulnerability and humility. Like, to, it's to say, like, yo, I don't know. It's, it's you know? scary to step out into that. Like, it's scary to be on your own. And a lot of places we are, but then we realize that we actually aren't. Right. There's a community. There's other caves around the world that other people have ventured out into and created different cultures, and right. we live in that today. And we can connect. Yes. You know? I mean, and, and we're never alone, man. Uh, you know, we have the spirit. Mm -hmm. You know, we're here to do a job. Yeah. Right. And that's right. real. I, I, and I think, you know, and it, it makes me think about, like, the, the spirit of Project Stamp was all about certifying. It's about the certification of our narrative instead of someone else's about who we are and what this is, what you see, you know, when you go to get something notarized, right? That's the, that's the meaning behind Project Stamp in itself. The name mm -hmm. okay. was about stamping our, narr our narrative, notarizing it, saying this is an official thing here. This is our official way of seeing ourselves. This is our neighborhood, you yeah. know? So. Yeah, that's dope. I mean, and to that point, right, it's... There's so many ways to feel about this, but like we're living in a world now where it's becoming increasingly easy to monetize off of like marginalized narratives, right? And you know, I'm a big fan of guys like you know, Dowd Bay, mm -hmm. um, Gordon Parks, several others, right? Who have you know been in communities long enough to where you just see a level of trust in the eyes of the the people he's shooting, mm -hmm. you know? And when you guys are in these communities, and that's why this conversation is cool, because I can kill two birds with one stone. I love it. Right? I love it. Come I, there's on, there's the Let's creative go. aspect, <laughs> but there's the like community aspect as well. Right. It's all so as, as visual artists, how do you continue to find ways to connect to that humanity, you know, and intention through your practice? Because I know you do, you know, John, you do more of the, the writing, yeah. the, the installations and, yeah. and building, whereas, you know, Jordan, I can relate to you in the sense that I've, I've done photography, I've been able to do a documentary. And one of the things I mentioned in my last pod was like, it took me like 11 months to get to a point of trust. I'd say like eight months to get to a place of trust where to present the idea of a documentary mm -hmm. was even like welcomed openly and warmly. Not to mention the, the work of getting to know teachers all throughout that year, mm -hmm. you know? Not even with like the mindset of like, oh, I'm doing this so I can have a documentary. Mm -hmm. It was, good morning, Mrs. H. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Good morning, student who is in eighth grade. You know, like, and doing that daily. Yeah. Without yeah. expecting anything in return, you know, yeah. people always see that as like a nonprofit, five hundred one c three service right. oriented That's thing. Arm. But what does that look like as artists? As an individual, you know? I do want to make a small correction. Go so ahead. I am the major builder, mm -hmm. okay, and designer in different ways. Got you, got um, you. And so that's 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 my bread and butter. I'm okay. a physical, okay. tangible type guy. You know, that's what I grew up doing, doing. so okay. for me like you talked about earlier this is an extension of you right mm -hmm. this and that's why like you know we talked about representation earlier it's an extension of legacy mm. you know that's good. john's dad 
you know, worked with Michael Jordan and he has all these amazing photographs yeah. that he documented and told his stories, but also the narratives that accompany that, that's what he grew up with. You know, and for myself, I have iron workers, florists, wow. business and entrepreneurs in my family, and that's what I saw. Mm. Of course, I saw the other stuff too, but that, once again, like I said, we're not a monolith. There's nuances to who we are as individuals and as a people. Yeah. And so I gravitated towards the things that, that just stuck out to me. Photography was one of them. And so, you know, I just wanted to make that clarity. But like... Thank you, man. Yeah, but, but then thinking about what you're speaking on, the photography thing, it is very difficult for me to put work out there. John is that guy who's like, hey, we need to get this done. And like, <laughs> like kind of, and, and not, not only saying it, but I think it's important that it's being lived out. I think that's one of the key issues. And I'm not, I don't know, within our community or just in general, you know, people be like, yo, don't, don't do drugs, but yet, they're they're doing them themselves or right. like mm. not leading by example yeah yeah and that's one of the things that we really strive towards is like we're not going to tell you to do something we wouldn't do ourselves right and right. i think that's essential you know and so for me that kind of draws me out because like you talked about before that's one thing it is it's relational but it is also about that trust factor yeah because it's like okay man i could trust you for your word there is integrity mm -hmm. in that you know, even if it is something that's bad, it's like, yo, that's the person has integrity. Yeah. And you <laughs> yeah. respect that. It's like being it's, truthful, transparent. Right. Yeah. It's like, yo, I can trust that versus somebody telling me something else and then doing doing another. Right. So right. like when it comes to that practice of, of it, it is a practice of putting your work. There's that's that's a separate thing within itself. Creating the work is one thing. Putting the work out out there in front of the world is another even talking about it so that people can understand what it is that you're presenting to them is another it is you have different people who would literally go to college for marketing <laughs> like that's a job yeah you know you have people who are specifically uh, uh certified financial uh professional accountants cpas that is a job you know what i'm saying like so to understand how to put those things out it is a vulnerable step for somebody who's that's not their profession and or focus mm -hmm. you know so i know for me that was some of the challenges that i faced is like how do i present this because public speaking was a, a huge fear of mine yeah so now when i put work out there it's like yo i gotta speak about this <laughs> i gotta tell people about yeah. what my thoughts are or what the intentions behind this work is now but then we talked about the stakes yeah then we talk about those situations where i'm seeing heroin addicts on my way to this interview with you right now, hmm. I think about the man who passed away, like, on an overdose. And it's like, I have to push. I think about my ancestry. I think about the, the teens that I'm working with in Trace. I think about Tanika Johnson, who's fighting over there in Inglewood, who yep. hasn't left, but yep. she dug her feet into the ground, Man. and now things are moving and changing. Crazy. But this shout didn't happen. To, shout out to Tanika Johnson. Yo, this yeah. didn't happen in one day. Yeah, she been busting her butt since she was at Columbia, hmm. and now we're starting to get traction about something that was it been should have been addressed. Yeah, but her her municipalities that she's you know governed by they ain't taking care of those issues. Right. So right. she did it herself with the gr a group of a people and community that she's been building, mm -hmm. you know, and we're in that same place. Yeah. I, I want to answer this in two movements. 
Okay. So, and I always kind of do this. Like, there's the art, John. Yeah. Right? You know, yeah. I want to talk about art stuff. You know, because it's like, I, I'm, it's it's rare that I'm in the room with other artists and I feel like I can be like a hundred percent honest. Word. Like, there's always a, a, a little bit of a hold back, right? You know, because that that's the I'm a strategist. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and so yeah. You're not sure everybody can understand exactly, what you're about. but yeah. I'll, I'll I'll say it here. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. I'm, hey, this, we, is, we, this is for empowerment, I'm right? Excited. You know, yeah. so I, we're gonna be very open sourced and give and give the codes. Um, but I also think so. I'm gonna answer this as an artist, and then I'm gonna answer this just as a neighbor. Um, and so, as an artist, what I've always been interested in, um, I I love art movements, right? Like you know, I actually I really like pop art. You know, I actually like I really like Banksy. I really like right. you know Andy Warhol. You know, I've worked for Theaster Gates, and yep, you know, yep. I, I had a, a firsthand look on the artistic practice. You know, on the on these different processes, and I've been the artist in residence at Oak Park Public Library, Chicago Artist Coalition, and so what I am is a I'm a storyteller. Like that's what I do naturally. Like mm-hmm. since I was a little kid, is like I, I tell stories. I I love stories. I love tall tales. I love legends. Um, and I think that they help us and inform us about who we are. You know, it, yeah. it is culture. But, you know, I was reading this book. It, it's called 33 Artists in Three Acts. It's by Sarah Thornton, who's a, a very uh, famous art critic. And she spoke within the first chapter about the 16th century painters, that they quickly ran into a problem because there was a, legit, a legitimacy problem. Everyone knew how to paint. So how do you become a great artist? How do you become a master when everyone has a certain level of mastery of acrylics and of oils and and of color and of light? You know, how do you kind of distinctify yourself in this period of time when everyone else can do it? And then you have this artist, Duchamp, you know, who takes this object, you know, know, and and he and he (laughs) takes this this urinal and he decides to call it a fountain. You know, and kind of recontextualizes what right. we think. You know what I'm saying? And so he creates a myth about himself. Since that moment, every great artist has kind of had the ability to tell a story about what they are and what they are doing to the canon that has made them distinctive. Yeah, I'm an artist. I know so many great craftsmen here in Chicago, one of which I trained under, Gerald Sanders. Gerald Sanders is a painter on the south side of Chicago a great master. Um, I know really, really great sculptors and pot makers and, and great painters who are better than the ones that I can name that everyone knows. Uh, I ain't going to name names, but right. you know what I'm saying? You know? We know who and, we are. And, and, right. and, and, and to be honest, you know, I've, I've worked in a lot of these studios in which the artist is, is rarely there. You know, the artist will send some sketches of like, hey, this is what I need for this mm-hmm. exhibition. Wow. Right? And, and like sometimes their hand is at it. But sometimes their hand isn't. But for me, like when you're working at scale, that's what it has to be, right? And so I started to quickly realize there's two options as an artist that I can take. I can, one, be a craftsman, like my friend Gerald Sanders, right? I could work really, really hard on getting the perfect oil painting, right? And, but, but I think that's what a lot of artists do. We're in an artist studio right now, right? And there's all these different artists in this building. They're working every day to get to a better form. That's what they're doing. They're using all of their power to get to better form. I'm trying to use form to get to power 
because mm. our people don't got no power, right. right? So I'm not focused on a perfect painting. Yeah. I'm really not focused on the perfect photograph. I could, to be honest, I could care less. You know, um, this is kind of the way in which I am kind of a trickster within, you know, the, my own realm. Yeah. Because it's like, yes, I care, but at the same time, I don't care. I'm worried about the system. I'm worried about the system of production. Yep. Does my hand have to touch it? I would love if I had time. Sometimes I do. And, and it's, it's so fun to spend time doing things. Like cooking greens is, is a joy of mine. <laughs> yeah. I love cooking greens, you know what I'm saying? Like that's so fun. But I, I but, never had none. But, but, <laughs> but, but my mind has to think a little bit more expanded, right? right? Um, so uh, me and Jordan were just talking about this the other day in terms of filmmaking. You know, like I can be a film director. I've directed a couple of music videos, a couple of films. It's really great, but it takes a lot of my capacity. Yeah. You know, because you're thinking about lenses, you're thinking about narrative, you're thinking about how to talk to your actors, you're thinking about, you know, what's the lighting look like today? You know, you're thinking about um, the lines and, and how it works, and you're thinking about how many cuts do I need for this scene. You're thinking about all those things. I can't do that and think about my community, right. you know what I mean, in an expanded way. So I, I could either be selfish and think about my medium, or I could be more selfless and think about my people, right? Because yeah. the, the caveat of thinking in this expanded way is that sometimes people don't appreciate it and they don't, you know, they'll, they might say things about you and that's right. okay, you know, like, I, 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 that comes with it. Um, as a neighbor, it's like a lot of people frame it in, in terms of like, we see y'all in these communities. I'm like, yeah, this, this ain't a community, it's my community. Right, you know what it's I'm saying? different for y'all. Yeah, yeah, I have memories here. You know, like I, I grew up around the corner. You know, my grandma is around the corner. My uncles, like my family's here. Yeah. Um, we have brothers and sisters in our church that live here. You know, like this, and it's not unique to Chicago. You know, we, I got family on the south side. I got family in other states. But like the problems that plague Chicago are also the problems that are very similar right. to the problems that plague Detroit. Right. The, the problems that plague Gary, Indiana. Definitely. You know, Compton. You know, Inglewood, L.A., you know what I'm saying? Like, there, there, there are ear markers steeped within racism that we are addressing slowly, mm -hmm. you know? And so what we're trying to do is be very careful. And I think that provides the inspiration, right? Um, like, that's the fun part. That's the joyous part for me because it's like, as an artist, I get to work with my best friend and we get to make things. And, and, and it's really cool. And there's a whole bunch of people who are also interested in making things. Yeah. I want to point that out. It's not about us. It's not about Altspace. It's not about John Veal, Jordan Campbell. Um, like, th there's a really great organization, Westside Health Authority. You know, there's other great artists like Vanessa Stokes. There's there's really great people. But I think sometimes it's it's the pivot, right? Like, what what lends my perspective. This is, I'm just being honest. I have a little bit of nihilism. Hmm. <laughs> I do. And, and, and part of that, it, it, it's again, in two movements. Number one is Jesus saying, there's always going to be the poor amongst you. Right. Period. We're not going to solve it. We're not. You know, we could may, maybe be able to push it forward a little bit, but we're not going to solve it. Number two, um, I remember being in the John Johnson building. I was in the Ebony building. 
looking overlooking the city. Wow. This is a building that the first building on Michigan Mile that's owned by a black male. Yeah. You know, this is a publication that had, you know, Ali, James Baldwin, Michael Jackson, you know what I'm saying? You know, he was trying to get the the the, the advertising world to acknowledge black bodies, you know, that there's actually value here. And he actually helped us change our perspective about ourselves, that, you know, like, there's really, really great articles in those magazines that we have time, you know, struggling with today as a community, as a black community. And if I ask five kids on the street who John Johnson is, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Right. You know what Adults I'm saying? Even. <laughs> so so it's not about us. Yeah. But what he left pulled us forward. The work that he left here. I mean, you don't know I mean, I might not they might not know who John Johnson is, but they know what Ebony is or Jet. Yeah. You know, they've seen at grandma's house or at the hair salon, you know? And so I think that is a noble pursuit that I'm willing to stake a life for. Word. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. That's I mean, that's so incredible. I, I, the the idea of what it looks like to to keep going and push things out. You know, because it's funny. I, I getting to be in higher education now as a as a graduating grad student, master student. Let's go! Congrats, man. Appreciate it, dog. It's like one of the things you realize is this prioritization of the thesis mm. of the you know whatever Yo, it is that you want to tap into something oh <laughs> the paper God. that you that you want published or the the article that you want to present mm-hmm. and being in these spaces where you know i'm also working on projects that are going to create jobs and are going to help the youth understand things like technology and and building spaces of, of opportunity for, for individuals who may not get that access, you know, on a daily basis. It's like to see sometimes the, the trade-off between equity yeah. mm-hmm. and opportunity for the sake of we should do this first because it's going to get our names at a higher place, right. you know, um, it's tough. It's tough. And, and I think this is the dilemma so many people go through, whether you're working in corporate and you want to be a person that does help your society and your communities, but you're, you have to pay the bills, you know? And that's or what like, I was learning about this. <laughs> like, you, you, you know. I got to write this down. You, you know as an educator, right, yeah, uh, Jordan, who like, you're, you're, you're having to build between this, uh, you know, rock and a hard place where... I want to be here for my, my kids, yeah. but y'all won't pay me. I'm literally losing my mind, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and the, the priority still is going to the Gold Coast in Chicago instead, you know what I mean? So it's, it's tough to see that um, and still go, right? Especially guys like yourselves who are so young, who are so talented, whose talents could lend themselves to the the creative agency you know off off like wabash you know what i mean like you could you could go anywhere and and do anything but to be so present in the place that you actually at least from john's perspective grew up in and and jordan from the standpoint of like 
coming into Chicago mm-hmm. and, and staying here and being present. That's, that's so incredible, you know, but tough at the same time. Like nothing about that is easy. So it, it's something I'm always like thinking about as well, you know, where I'm 25 now. Let's and go. I'm, I'm like, you know what? What does it look like to, to lay my roots somewhere? What yeah. does it look like to, to be connected to a place that I'm willing to build while at the same time wrestling with you're young go run like try that thing go go to that place or is it a possibility where you can do both mm. you know like you guys are going to be going to uh, Iowa yeah in a couple weeks right you're as as people you know as proverb says your gift will make room for you right, right. you'll sit with kings and queens if your faithfulness is attached to it, you know? And, and just to be frank, like seeing that with the both of you, it's not like an everyday we go into a festival, we go into a gala or whatever, but it is really dope to see two young men like yourselves who are really committed to this, yeah. knowing that you may not see the promise. Nope. That's some Abraham, like yeah. Moses. Like, yeah, it's like that, we, You may not actually yeah. see... Austin, the way it's supposed to be until, I don't know, it could be 30 years from now, you know? So, shout out to (laughs) y'all, you know, for putting in this work, because that's where a lot of the young folks are getting taken away. Um, And and no diss, because, like, we have to find our ways, we have to, like, find stability in some way. Um, But it, it really is super important to see individuals like yourselves who take the road less traveled yeah jordan i know you about to go in bro. yeah man yeah i'll let jordan go in man i think the only thing i'll say is that like this this podcast is focused on not being you know like focusing on the savior complex right like acknowledging you know what from what we believe there's only one savior right. um period you know and we we are not saviors we're stewards yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, we're not activists, we're artists. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, we're citizens. Like This yeah. is what neighbors do. Neighbors right. look out for other neighbors. Yeah. You know, we just happen to be artists and make it look cool. Cause we, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because that's what we do. We're storytellers. Yeah. And so we make taking care of things look really dope. Because yeah. um, that's fun for us, you know, like making, you know, making systems that work for people. And, you know, I think it's allowed us to be able to cut checks for our friends and to be able to make sure that black and brown people get not only access, but in the rooms, you know, people might want alt space, but alt space might be booked for a couple months. Yeah. And so it's like, hey, that's cool, man. You know, hey, you need a photographer? I, I know we someone. Know some. Yeah, yeah I, I know somebody. Can I plug you with someone? Would yeah. you, you know, would you guys like to meet in my space? You know, that'd be really great because now we have a space. Right. 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 And, I, and I think the, the tricky part is this. is like, okay, um, nonprofits will go into places like Haiti. Right, mm-hmm. you know, and there'll be like a disaster relief program, right? And they do really good work. They really help some people, but then their business becomes helping. The business becomes helping. Think about that. You know what I'm saying? It's like it, meaning if you don't give, you're actually hurting your business, which a lot of people aren't unwilling to do. And so, you know, I think that's how you start ending up. Like, okay, there's a really good uh, documentary called Poverty Incorporated. I recommend everyone watch it. 
Um, and they talk about Tom's, Tom's shoes. Yep. And they I've had heard a, of that story. It, yeah. <laughs> it was a great idea. Like, here's a good product. Every time you buy one, we're going to give some to you know, people in Africa and make sure there's no, there's no one without shoes. It sounds good. Um, but in practice, in real life, you're undercutting local business. You know, stabilizing economy. Stabilizing yeah. the economy. You know, I mean, rice was not a staple like it was, or as I should say, as it is today. Mm. It's a staple now because we can't stop giving it as a government. Wow. Yeah. You know, I mean, the U.S. government keeps giving rice grain. You know, to Africa, they don't need it. You know, we, there's their own ag- agricultural systems. When you do that, you cripple. It's like it's like a drug dealer. You know, who gives just a little taste, you know, to somebody, and then all of a sudden they hooked. Now you gotta keep giving them. You gotta keep feeding that product. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and that's what it is. And so for us, it's more about independence. Our job is when you can do what you want without us. You know what I'm saying? So when when we have an artist and resident, and they graduate and kind of do their their own thing, it's actually a blessing that's for the us. Goal. Yeah. You know, or or you know, if the alt space market is no longer needed, actually, you know, I can say it here on this podcast, but. Um, we're going to be deconstructing one of the one of the all space markets in Chicago because that space is about to be activated. It's Word. about to be reimagined because of the activity that happened because of the market. Someone's now, willing to invest. Yes. Yeah, now there's dope. a deeper investment. Now there's more like excitement. What can be done here? That's and so now it's just yeah. about honoring that space. And so I think you know just just to be fair, it's like yeah, um, thank you so much for your kind words, but for us. It's just about doing what we're called to do. Yeah. Right. And we just know how to frame it. Yep. Right. Yep. I did have a lot. As I'm writing it out, I, I won't be able to get into all of it because we've like jumped from different places. Yeah. But when he ended with that, like doing what we're called to do, you know, you talk a lot about, you know, we talk about stability. Um, and to me, we, a huge thing about stability is belief, right? What makes something stable? Um, but belief doesn't is it it doesn't just cut it. It has to be accompanied with something, right? And so obedience brings about stability in conjunction with belief. As same as love. Mm. And you can pair that up with different words, with different things, but it, in and of itself, it doesn't do anything because you can believe in anything. I can believe in this microphone. That means it's gonna work. Right. I have to turn it on. I have to put it at the right volume. I have to put it on record. So it's like an action has to follow. But then within that, you know, we were talking about power. We were talking about different structures and all that. And so I'm like, well, we live in a capitalistic society. And this society was built upon pillars of racism and systemic oppression. And a lot of it was coming from this idea of industrialization, especially when we had war. So Taylorism, because a, a, whole, a whole nother thing that we have to understand, we're still affected by that in this capitalistic society. Fordism as well, right. and understanding we need to make, we need to move. And that continuation of that is still perpetuated in the ways in which these systems are worked and living out today. Yeah, We're working differently from that. We're putting people first, stewardship. And so you have countries like Bhutan who are, are working more closely to how we operate because their index is not based upon gross it's not based upon capitalism. Even though they're democratic, it's more so focused on the national happiness index. Wow, yeah. That you can't that's quantify. That. Hmm. That's all about quality. So therefore, it does essentially affect the economy, but it does it in a different way in which it's not being controlled by one central power. So there's the sense of decentralization 
which you can't control. Yeah. It's decentralized. Yeah. So there's more power in the actual people that pushes these things forward. So I do want to hear your thoughts, though, um, just on because it's it's I think it is a tricky balance, right? It's like um, at the end of the day, we do need to eat, you know. So the story needs to be told in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, but at you know, at what point does it become? the hero complex, that savior complex. Yeah. You know, I, I'm interested in your perspective from organizations you've seen. Yeah, man. So, you know, funny, I, I think one of the ways that I've actually experienced it myself um, was when I was able to, when I graduated college and I came home, I already had an idea of what I wanted to do. Mm. And it was this Robin Hood kind of like, I'm going to work in corporate and I'm going to basically philanthropically pass opportunities down. Yeah. You know, and the purity at heart was there, but the way I went about it was just so off. Mm. And there's a lot of companies now you see it with, you know, the like them trying to be about the movements and trying to be about civic engagement, but in reality are almost doing more harm than good mm. because there's just a lack of understanding. Yeah. Right. And, and one of the things that the book of Proverbs talks about often was us seeking understanding. Mm. Yeah. Not right. Really. There's absolutely no way that we can get to the bottom of the issues that we're going at within our society without seeking understanding. And that happens both on a spiritual, you know, within a spiritual context. I've been able to have conversations with the 14-year-old trans girl mm. to the conservative old guy in yeah. the red state who is not trying to talk about anything, but just happens to, in this moment, feel open enough mm-hmm. to speak. And realizing that like a lot of us are dealing with the, the same things. You know, but we've, by design, obviously, there's, we, there are actual studies that show we are being polarized of purposefully. Course. You could be controlled when you're separated. When exactly. When it's an individualistic way of living, I can now come in and swoop you and give you what I want. So I don't want to give you to knowledge. Know, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, it's like when I, when I left that mentality, I quickly realized how many other people had that kind of mentality. I quickly realized how whole systems have that kind of mentality, right? You see uh, the housing the housing development, you see nonprofits, you see even the way welfare can be contorted, right? Where over time, what started off as this thing where everyone was like, oh man, this is good, socialist practices, let's, like, let's go for it. But where did those start? We got to talk about the Black Panther movement. We have to talk about the movements here in Chicago. They were there. And WIC. That's what right. kind of started this. And then the government came in and said, oh, my gosh, there's a way for us to create a system in which we can make more money off of them being dependent upon us. And the, the heart of it left. And it was kind of mm-hmm. like, John, what we and you were talking about. It's like the reverse of that, where instances like colonialism was the imposing of systems that didn't make sense within those contexts. What you're seeing companies do now is take genuine and authentic approaches toward support and and resource allocation 
and then trying to do that at scales with people that they don't know. Mm-hmm. So what happened was, and this was very interesting for me because I was, I am a black man, right? But I, I recognize my privilege as a, a, you know, middle class Nigerian, which while people may, oh, we're we are the same in the diasporic sense, we are very different. Very hey, brother, yeah. we are very yeah. different, and and there were things that I I did not realize I was imparting um, within conversations. There were things that I was not willing to receive. And it was this coming to, it was like come to Jesus moment where I was like, oh, wow, yo, like, I'm doing the same thing these white folks are doing. <laughs> and, and honestly, that's the, that's the real, those conversations got to happen. They got to happen. Us. Like, they even do. us as quote unquote black people, but it's like, once again, there's nuances to who we are as a people. Like you say, your parents are Nigerian, you know. I don't know how long they've been here in America or if they, you first generation, I don't know. Yeah. But it's like those, yes, originally all come from Africa, but like within terms of, 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 of enslavement and what that looks like for me it's as an African, totally, yeah, yeah it, totally my, my, my roots, it, it was, it's been here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it ain't, I don't see it from that lens of knowing life outside of it, like someone who actually is a first generation from Africa, like it's completely different. So our yeah. conversation is gonna be different. There's a different culture that lives and exists. And so I can see how that can happen yeah. and how there can be this rejection of certain things that you may see and experience, even though you're of the same pigmentation. Right, and and that was huge for me, man. Like yeah. it, it only grew over time yeah. because as a, as a photographer, in certain contexts, I was like, man, this is, I worked on a, on a, I worked on a set for Miss Virginia, who was uh, a leading advocate for, for children's education in, in the DMV area. Mm-hmm. And I found myself at a certain point realizing how weird some of the production was because like we were in communities and the communities didn't know what we were shooting you know what i mean and it was like it's every day are we are we telling them that they're not going to be able to park on their own streets right are we telling them that and, and in some cases yeah we did all of the right things but there are just moments where i see this across like you go to costa rica or you go to honduras or you go to haiti you go to sudan you take the picture for nat geo and then you come back and you're living in your, your bachelor pad, and you're published. But have you circled back with that community that you were once in, you know? And, and these are questions that everybody can relate to. And this is, this is the tough conversation, Jordan, that you were mentioning within our community, because this is something that we have made black and white. Literally, like, white people do this, but black people don't. Mm-hmm. And what I've begun to see is the layers with which this is happening. Mm-hmm. And this is why this, this platform for me is really important because it's going to speak to a lot of things that happen on an individual level. Oh yeah, You have to look at your identity. You have to look at your character and understand yeah. how you're actually um, exemplifying these behaviors. Yeah. You know? So that, that is something that I'm always checking myself on within the, the Christian context as well. Mm-hmm. Am I pushing this? Yeah. What am, I, what am I really trying to do here? Like, do I want to see this person come to Christ 
through the spirit or through Toby. Right, 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 right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's these kinds of conversations that need to happen daily. You need to check yourself. And and that's one of the cool things that I, I always lean back on when it came to people like Jesus, because he always did go away. Mm-hmm. And he made sure he got that time with God. Mm-hmm. Because in his humanity, he recognized, yo, I need, like you were saying, John, earlier, I need my father. Yeah. I need some direction. Yeah. I need some strength. Because otherwise, I'm going to be out here trying to be narrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to be trying to move and shake everything that I can. And, yeah. and that was me. Mm. I'm growing to a place now where the very essence of the Empowerment Project is lifting up the people that are doing the work. Mm-hmm. In collaboration with doing mm-hmm. stuff with as you before we even started the pod, Jordan, you're talking about with doing community with people as opposed yeah. to for yeah. and on. Yeah. Because it's not sustainable. You know? So in that light, like I know in the conversation of equity, sustainability is huge. Yeah. You know? When it comes to like you mentioned, and, and for those who are listening in and, and like, okay, what does he mean by the market? If you could give a quick breakdown of what the market is sure. yeah. um, like yeah, its origination yeah. within like obvi- food deserts are a big deal as, as many of you may know but like within Austin within south side of Chicago this is a big deal kids are eating like Cheetos for breakfast you know yeah. how can we how can we counter that with things that are sustainable and healthy um, and accessible yeah. you know I say one thing because I know I'm going to have to leave soon yeah um I think it is about challenging um, the systems that are in play. I mean, this is something we continue to talk about. It's like, you know, our response to the looting that was taking place, our response to food apartheid that we see here on the west side and in, in, in Akron and in Savannah and all over this country, you know, is a response of systems that are functioning perfectly well because they're doing exactly what they were built to do. Our thing is, how do we address that issue? How do we hold these people accountable? How do we, for one, create our own structures and systems that we now can be held accountable to, but at the same time, understanding the positives and negatives, but most importantly, the benefits in which they offer into the communities in which they're in and who they're serving. So, you know, in short, like, you know, when we're coming up with projects, we, we, we conduct a needs-based analysis. You yeah. have to understand the ins and outs of what it is you're doing. Yeah. You got to know who is it for, when is it going to be, like a lot of questions, the budgeting, how is it going to operate? Mm-hmm. So for us, we understood, yo, we are just two people. Yeah. I was going to say, like, was there ever like Bro. an aha moment for y'all? Because like, I was listening to this TED Talk and Rick Lowe out of Houston, mm-hmm, Project mm-hmm. Row Houses was like, man, 25 years later, I recognize that we were trying to move with expediency. Yeah. And because of that expediency, we ended up building all the things that were already in the community. We essentially rebuilt what was right. already there instead of supporting. So like, has there ever been an aha moment for y'all within yeah. this process? Yeah, I'll, I'll speak on it when it comes a, to all space market. Um, I'm gonna finish so I can leave, if that's cool. Uh, all right. Yeah, because um, I didn't get to finish my thought. But what I was gonna say to answer that, from before the aha moment was partnerships were essential. Yeah. Um, partnering. That's it. Literally. Partnering <laughs> with, with community members, partnering 
with local organizations and canvassing and saying, hey, and making it loud. That's that's the public relations part. That's mm. the how Edward Bernays kind of just putting it out there and let people know we are here, like through news media outlets, through our own outlets, um, to get it to be activated, not only with our own resources, but in a collective of resources coming to address this issue. Right. What we created was a response. It was, mm. a, it was a way of stepping into that gate, uh, in the, into that gap at that moment in time. And you look at people like Nehemiah, it was the same for him. The wall was deconstructed. He was in a position of power. You, he, he leveraged that power, that relationship. He responded by going to God first and saying, how can I address this issue? Those resources were provided and now the wall is being rebuilt, but it wasn't by his own stripe. It was by community. Yeah. It was by people understanding this is an issue. I'm affected by this individually, but we are affected by this collectively. And that's yeah. all I'm saying, man. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much, George. Yeah. This yeah. is a busy man, so <laughs> yeah. he's got to head out. But this, this, thank you so much for your time. You. We were able to catch you, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Until the next time. I love you. I'm you, man. Let's finish this. But yeah, John, you were saying. No, yeah. I mean, okay. Recap of the market first. Yeah. <laughs> Let's back up, you know. Yeah. Like, that's why that's why I was like I was like, man, we got uh, gotta say finish. what it is. Yeah, I I, I, I get it. My I get it. Uh, so the alt space market is so, you know, there there's this moment of pain where it's like really hard to get tissue paper, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Just during the pandemic and then all of a sudden with looting, um, you now have like an impossible situation. Just a lot of elder members on the block, a lot of kids on the block are just not eating, can't get resources easily. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, people are just giving a lot, right? And so we weren't the only organization doing that. There were several. Um, just giving as much as we can, fundraising on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, but very quickly, I think that, you know, where a lot of hearts were like, let's just keep going, let's keep giving, you know, um, and providing this, these services, for us, it became that moment, that Tom Shoes moment, right? Like we can yeah. keep giving the Tom Shoes, but let's talk about the system itself. Yeah. And so Altspace Market is a functional art installation that encourages sharing within the community. We outfitted an abandoned building um, with shelves and we made it feel real special with plexi and solar lights um, and, and, and created a space where the community could share resources. Um, now, the criticism that I would have that has a lot to do with your question is you talked about sustainability. And I think our running definition as of right now is that sustainability is just love over time, which is cool. But to be honest, the alt space market is not a, it's not a solution. Right. You know, you know what I'm saying? Right. It, it, it's, it's pointing out two absurdities. One absurdity of the abandoned building and what can happen here. Like, can we reimagine how this space functions? You know, yeah. can we be a little bit pragmatic and poetic with this situation? Okay. And then I think the other absurdity is like the fact that there is no grocery store. Like, if me and you are hungry, we'd have to like really, really walk. We'd have to go to Oak Park. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, the we suburbs. can't. Yeah, <laughs> bro. Like, honestly, we can't get like yep. fresh food over here. Yep. And so, I mean, that's a good question. I think that I don't want to, I don't want to with passion talk about the issues. And as if we had it figured out, yeah, yeah. we don't have it figured out. As a young organization that's only about two years in, um, 
we're still figuring out what sustainability looks like. Yeah. But I think that our acknowledgement of, you know, our weaknesses, mm. the fact that we have a small staff and that we have to partner to get some of this stuff done, you know, that's, that's, that's our strength. Yeah. And that's an amazing way to close, dog, because it's always progress over perfection. You know, that's one thing that I always love to close the message with because we are, we are, you know, works in progress. We are always mm. having dialogue, answering questions, asking questions, right? And that's the importance of these types of conversations, which I'm really glad that we were able to have um, and, and many more to come, you know, because that's the seed. Yeah. Right? That's the seed. And even Jesus knew on the cross that while it is finished, there is work to be done. Right. You know? Yeah. And that's our job. I know I, as a person who is, is often battling that savior comp complex, it's, yo, what can I do with what I've been given where I am until I'm done? Yep. That's it. That's it. So with that, y'all, I hope you, you learned something today. Woo! I hope you were able to, you know, take these seeds and, and plant them in the, the locales that you inhabit. And until the next time, stay up and stay blessed. All right. Peace. <laughs>